0: Howdy and welcome into Time Out with Lance. Uh, my name is Lance Sampson, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and friends. Hope you're having a wonderful Thanksgiving gathering wherever you may be. And uh, boy, we got another fantastic week of football ahead of us in the next few days, starting really Thursday with the NFL Thanksgiving games and going all the way through Monday night. You just got a full slate of games like in the college game you got rivalry weekend finally week 13 it's where you know auburn alabama ohio state michigan you have uh lsu texas a&m is a big game this year you have uh like penn state is playing kansas kansas state Notre Dame-USC, another big game. Oregon-Oregon State, the Civil War is going to be good this year. Uh, you just got great games all over the slate uh, in the college game. And then on Thanksgiving, you got Bills-Lions. It's I don't feel like the Lions are going to be a pushover like they have in years past. Then in the Cowboys game, you got the Cowboys versus the Giants, who are both 7-3 and, and playing pretty well this year. And then the primetime game on Thanksgiving, it got the Patriots and the Vikings who, who are a combined, uh, 14 and six. So I think all three Thanksgiving games this year for the NFL are must watch and, uh, really, really can't miss, but, uh, let's go again. go ahead and get started. Like we usually do off in the college ranks and, uh, I'm going to start with the Iron Bowl, and this game will not have a huge effect nationally, especially on the playoff race, mainly because Alabama has a very, very slim chance in making the playoff. It's more likely than not that they miss the playoffs, which, frankly, most people would be fine with since Bama has made the playoffs, made the cultural playoff every year since it began in 2014 so it would be nice to have uh some other teams in there from time to time but anyway regardless talking about this iron bowl here you got five and six auburn going to tuscaloosa to take on alabama who's ranked number seven uh and the tide are 22 point favorites in this game with the over-under set at 49 And the kickoff on Saturday is at 2.30 p.m. on CBS Central Time. And, like I said, Alabama, more more likely than not, will not go to the playoff. They would have to have a ton of chaos in the rankings in front of them happen, which I doubt will happen. But speaking of this game, they just have way more talent than Auburn right now. And Auburn, at this point, They're just kind of playing for sort of like bragging rights in the state of Alabama, I guess. I think Cadillac Williams, he's done a fine job filling in after Auburn fired fired Brian Harson a few weeks ago. And uh, he's really a placeholder, but he has done done a pretty darn good job with the opportunity he's been given. And uh, Nick Saban praised him this week, too. He said, you know, he's doing a great job, and that's quite, you know, if you get praise from the greatest coach of all time, then that probably means you're doing something right. But I don't think Auburn will win this game because Alabama is just way too talented everywhere. They they out-talent Auburn almost everywhere on the field, especially a quarterback with Bryce Young for Alabama and then Will Anderson, uh, defensive pass rusher for Alabama. They're just the two best players on the field by far and away. And for Auburn, they also have the worst turnover margin in the SEC which tells me that Bama is going to find a way to pick off uh, Auburn's quarterback and cause fumbles and just control the game in almost every facet so the Tide you can pick them to win this game pretty easily I'm going to pick them to win and cover the 22 points um, and they should finish the regular season at 10 and 2 And then we'll see what happens in front of them going forward and what bowl game they will make. And so sticking in the SEC now, we got Georgia Tech. Not an SEC team, but they're traveling to take on number one Georgia in Athens. Uh, The Bulldogs, the Georgia Bulldogs, are 35.5-point favorites in this game with the over-under set of 49. This is an early kickoff on Saturday, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. Georgia they are 11 and 0 they're cruising right now at number 1 they're playing frankly for the national championship at this point just they're going to rest players for the SEC title game next week versus LSU I don't I see them winning versus Georgia Tech but I don't see them covering the 35 and a half points um, I think Kirby Smart is going to pull most of the starters in the second half and if now, if it's close, he might stick them in. But if it's like two touchdowns or three touchdowns or more, then just forget it. He's going to pull pull the starters and just rest them up for for the LSU game next week in Atlanta. Now, as for Georgia Tech, I, they're going to put up a fight. Ever since they fired their head coach a few weeks ago, they played well. They upset UNC last week, which was he- like very surprising to almost everybody. But... Um, they're, they're still five and six. I mean, they could be bowl eligible after after all said and done. But in the end, Georgia's just way too talented, and they're not going to mess around in this game. So I'm going to go with the Bulldogs and easy win. But also, as I mentioned before, Georgia will not cover the spread. And instead, save players for the SEC SEC title game. Another SEC matchup on Saturday night is number five LSU. Who are 10-point favorites on the road in College Station against the Texas A&M Aggies uh, with the over-under for this game at 47.5. Uh, kickoff is at 6 o'clock on ESPN Central Time. So, with LSU being moved up to number 5, the committee is telling us that they have faith in LSU, um, that if LSU beats Georgia, even with two Two losses, they will be the first two-loss conference champion from the Power Five into the playoff if they beat Georgia. Now they first have to get past Texas A&M, and this, since A&M is not bowl eligible this year, which was completely unexpected from everybody. Um, I don't know, A&M, they can kind of treat this like their bowl game a little bit, just play for pride. You got nothing to lose. Um, the the seniors. Who are stud starters can go out and play their play their hearts out and leave it all on the field on Kyle Field, um, and so Devon Achain and Evan Stewart coming back for the Aggies they they add more talent and uh, they they can definitely match LSU's offensive output that's for sure. Um, A&M's pass defense is also second in the nation in terms of passing yards allowed so um Jane Daniels he's not gonna have any easy long throws in this game um a- I think is gonna have a good game plan for lSU's offense um and who knows if lSU is really gonna go all out since they already clinched a spot in Atlanta next weekend against Georgia so I guess they have to because if they lose to am then I don't see the committee. Putting them in the playoff, even if they win the SEC title game and have three losses on their on their record, so they don't need style points really, but they definitely need to take care of business because earlier in the season they lost a they they got destroyed by Tennessee at home by I think it was twenty seven points, so that's not not a good thing for their resume either. And certainly a loss against this Texas A&M would be a huge blemish on their record. Um, There's just, there is just no way around that. So with all that being said, and another thing I should mention, you know, we know, you know what I've noticed, basically LSU and Texas A&M have flipped their season outcomes. And here's what I mean by that. Texas A&M came into the season ranked number six in the preseason poll. Was expected to win nine to ten games at least. Um, you know, trying and contend for an SEC tile game and, and at a minimum end up in a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, you see how the season, season has gone down the toilet after, you know, the they lost to App State and I mean, they beat Miami, they were three and one, and then it ever. You know they lost six in a row, and then last week they won an ugly game over UMass, which no one was hit. Like the attendance at last week's game was absolutely dreadful. Now, now given the weather was crap too, but still, it, the attendance was very, very poor last week. There were probably less than fifteen thousand fans total in a hundred, in an a hundred three thousand seats stadium. But I'm getting off track. Um, but yeah, Ann was expected to be this juggernaut. You know potentially be a top five team contend for the playoff and for LSU on the flip side it was Brian Kelly's first season and there was this these awkward moments in the off season where Brian Kelly was just not looking like he was going to fit in the culture and was going to have trouble establishing a culture down in Baton Rouge um, definitely different from his Notre Dame tenure where he definitely built up that program and made it into a a fine football power but you know, LSU is a different animal in terms of college sports, especially with football and, and no one was expecting him to win, frankly, more than five or six games in his first season. But, um, to quite everybody, to everyone's pleasant surprise, LSU is in prime position to win double digit games, play in the SEC championship game and have a chance to go to the college football playoff in Brian Kelly's first year. So, and and he beat Nick Saban this year, um, in in his first try on the last play of the game. Um, certainly, this is a season that has impressed. And I I would tell you I would be willing to bet that many LSU fans were were not expecting this to be ranked in the top five going into rivalry weekend and having a chance to win the SEC championship game and play in the playoff. I, I don't think anybody realistically thought that that would be the case. Um, so that's what I mean by the these two teams, LSU and Texas A&M, kind of having reverse fortune, like mirror seasons. Like A&M was supposed to be good and they're not, and then LSU was not expected to be good, but they're great. So, and given all that, in this game, I'm going to pick LSU to win. But I think it's going to be a close game because I think AM is gonna go all out. And you I pray that a bunch of the freshman five star recruits stay. I doubt we're gonna retain a majority of them, but we'll we'll know pretty soon uh by the beginning of December around the beginning of December of how the recruits feel because that's when players can start transferring and the transfer portal will work its magic and uh, you, all all those things happen but regardless for this game LSU will um, will win versus Texas A&M and Kyle Field in a very very close contest okay uh, now moving on to a game in South Carolina versus two South Carolina teams you got the 7 to 4 South Carolina game going to the number 8 Clemson Tigers who are 10 and 1 who come in as 14 and a half point favorites with the game kicking off early Saturday, 11 a.m. Central on ABC, the over under for this game is set at 52. So Clemson, they're ranked number eight. They are still very much in contention for a playoff spot. They are one of those teams that definitely need a lot needs a lot to happen in front of them. They need like TCU to lose. They need um, probably you know, obviously the the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game. Uh, you know, one of those teams is going to lose, but I. I I think it's going to be Michigan, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, they probably need USC to lose at some point, maybe versus Notre Dame or versus potentially Oregon, the Pac-12 title game. They they just need a lot of things to happen in front of them to, to make the playoff. And they also have to take care of business this weekend and also next weekend versus North Carolina, the ACC championship. Um, but Clemson's strength schedule is going to be their week. It's going to, they're, It's going to be a glaring weakness on their resume when they're put up against teams like um, uh, LSU, TCU, uh, LSU, TCU, USC, other teams that are ahead of them that have better strength of schedules. But um, first, against South Carolina, I think they're going to win. They've won seven straight versus the Gamecocks. They're actually riding a 40 game home winning streak, which is the largest, the longest in the nation by a fair margin. And it's like the fifth longest in the AP poll era. So, um, Memorial Stadium for Clemson has been quite, quite the, uh, home, home environment for them the past few years. And the Tigers have right now the 18th ranked defense nationally. So, Dabo Sweeney has his guys, like, motivated to still play for something. And if they don't make the playoff, they're going to make a New Year 6. So they still have a lot. Clemson still has a lot to play for in these next few weeks. And as for South Carolina, they dropped 66 on Tennessee last week. Or 63, one one of those point titles. But it it was, that was a complete shocker. No one was expecting Tennessee to give up 60-plus points to South Carolina but they did Spencer Radler had the game of his life. That game reminded me of Spencer Radler when his early days at Oklahoma, where he could just light up the scoreboard and he was just unstoppable on offense. Uh, He threw six touchdowns versus the volunteers and he made Hinden Hooker uh, look like um, a below average quarterback in the sec. If I'm being quite frank, Um, Hinden Hooker wasn't terrible, but you know, Spencer Rattler was just all world last weekend. Um, and Shane Beamer has his guys believe in, in South Carolina. And I believe South Carolina is a program on the rise now um, that will probably fight for the, the second, third or fourth place spot in the SEC East for a while, obviously behind Georgia, because I don't see Kirby Smart and Georgia going anywhere, but that's another story for another day. As for this game, Clemson, with all that I just said about them, and they're and they're just more talented than South Carolina, and they're motivated to still play for the playoff and an ACC title. They're going to win, and they're going to cover the spread versus the Gamecocks. I I I can take that that one to the bank. And speaking of those Tennessee Volunteers, they are taking on the Vanderbilt Commodores on the road uh, on Saturday night, six thirty p.m. is the kickoff Central Time on SEC Network. So the Volunteers, their dream season is over. They have no chance at the playoffs now. Um, they're 9-2. and two. They can still win 10-plus 10, 10 games. They win versus Vanderbilt, and they win their bowl game. But unfortunately, they will have to do it without Hendon Hooker, their superstar quarterback, who was lost for the season last week when he tore his ACL versus South Carolina. So... Quarterback Joe Milton, the Michigan tran- transfer, is going to have to step up. He has good numbers in the system right now with Josh Heupel, but um, um, him taking the place of Hendon Hooker, that's going to be tough to see, but Hendon Hooker is going to be moving on uh, to the NFL draft in a few months anyway. Um, and the Volunteers, they, even though they got absolutely destroyed by the Gamecocks last weekend— they still have the fifth best point differential in the country at almost 21. They outscore their opponents by nearly 21 points per game, um, which are behind teams like, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, like all all the stud teams. Um, And Tennessee, they still have Jalen Wyatt and other good weapons on the outside and in the backfield to help out Joe Milton. So, their weapons—they're just more talented than Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is very gifted, and uh, gifted at least physically. Like Clark Lee, their coach definitely preaches physicality um, to his team. But I think Tennessee is anxious to get that South Carolina taste out of their mouth, and they're going to go out and play for Hendon Hooker. Josh Heupel still is going to motivate his guys, and and I'm going to pick Tennessee to win and cover uh, versus Vanderbilt. Tennessee has a lot. They could. Tennessee can still make a New Year Six game. Uh, They they could. Well, I was about to say the Sugar Bowl, but maybe Alabama gets in since they're high ranked. But Tennessee still has a chance to make a very uh, high high stakes bowl game, like you know a, a top bowl game, I should say. And I think they'll take care of business against the Commodores. Okay, scooting on down to the Gator State, you got the Florida Gators traveling to Tallahassee to take on the number 16 Florida State Seminoles. This is a Friday night kickoff at 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Um, the Gators are 6-5 on the season. Florida State is 8-3 on the season, and the Seminoles are 9.5-point favorites in this game with the over-under set at 58. So I'm going to pick Florida State to win. Because Jordan Travis has been absolutely on fire this month. He has an 81% completion percentage in November. And in his last four games, Jordan Travis has thrown 10 touchdowns and has only thrown one interception. So Florida State, they under Mike Norville, they're making some noise. And they it looks like that they're kind of back to being ACC contenders and and will try to start to give Clemson a run for their money again, like they used to do for so many years back in the day. Um, and as for Florida, they've just been so inconsistent all year under Billy Napier's first uh, first year on the job. Um, Anthony Richardson has been part of that inconsistency, but the last five games, he's been one of their more brighter spots, I should say. He's only thrown actually one pick in the last five games, where as in the first six, I think he threw like seven or something. Um, so he's cleaned up his act a little bit. But I'm going to go with Florida State just – because they've been playing a lot better and um I, I think their Florida State has a little more to play for even though neither team is gonna make a I don't think either team's gonna make a New Year's six but uh, Florida State could still get into a bowl game that's around New Year's Day or something so I'm gonna go with the Seminoles over the Gators and drop the Gators to six and six for their season. And then NC State at number 17, North Carolina. So North Carolina, as I mentioned earlier, stunning loss to Georgia Tech last last weekend. Um, kind of head-scratching if you really think about it. Um, one of the, their uh, Blitnikov receiver, I forgot his name, but he dropped the go-ahead touchdown late in the game from Drake May. And Drake May, um, he will probably not win the Heisman now due to the, that loss. Um, but I think this is a game that he can bounce back in. Even though NC State has a much better defense than UNC, UNC has a pretty bad defense. We don't know for NC State at MJ Morris, their back quarterback who's been playing pretty well. We don't know if he's going to play or not, uh, but his dual threat ability will definitely give UNC's defense a lot of issues. Um, but this game kicks off Friday on ABC at 2.30 p.m. Central over is fifty six, UNC six and Apple in favorites. I don't know. Something tells me that NC State could pull off the upset, but I think Matt and Brown and UNC they're still playing for something. At least they still they still are going to meet Clemson in the ACC championship, so that's so, that is something to play for definitely. And I I think after that loss, that's just one where you just are anxious to get that out of, get that out of your system and take it out. On NC State, so I, I'm going to go with the Tar Heels to win and cover and cover the six and a half versus their in-state rivals. And then uh, Louisville and Kentucky. So uh, Kentucky is unranked, but they are field goal favorites against the number 25 Louisville Cardinals. And this is a Saturday kickoff at 2 p.m. on SEC Network Central Time, and the over/under is 43. Kentucky season has just not gone great toward the end. They've lost five of the last seven. Will Levis has not been the quarterback that he was built to be a, la, a top 10 draft pick. And I'm not sure why draft experts still draft experts in quotes still have him as a top 10 pick because he has not shown me or really anybody that he's capable of. Really being a dynamic difference maker at the quarterback spot. Um, because Kentucky's defense—I mean, and marks—they have a great program, a great roster, and you would—I was thinking this year that they would be that team to—and it was looking like it on early on the season too, it looked like they were going to be that team to challenge Georgia in the SEC East. But then it ended up mainly being Tennessee, and then Georgia just ended out on top of everybody, and then Tennessee and Kentucky just got um. Left behind the dust, and now they're mediocre. and And on the other side, for Louisville, they've been a tough out all season. they They have not gone away, um, even though Malik Cunningham's been injured. They still, they still put up a good fight in the game, and hence why they're they're seven and four on the season. So this game is going to be ultra, ultra close. Um, but I'm going to go with Louisville. I just think they've been the more consistent team all season. Like I said, looking Kentucky losing five of their last seven. Um and who knows what Kentucky is playing for at this point and if Will Elvis is kind of still bought into the program, I don't know. I don't I, I I don't know where Kentucky's head is right now. So I'm gonna go with the Louisville Cardinals um in in that game. Well, I got several more college football games to get to, so I will uh, step aside for a second and we will get to the next batch of games starting with the game, Michigan versus Ohio State. Stay put. All right, here's the second batch of college football games this weekend and um, we'll see if we can sneak in in this segment the uh, Thanksgiving games for the NFL as well, but uh, let's start off with the game on Saturday, arguably the biggest game of the season, and the loser this game is virtually out of the playoff race. And the winner gets a spot in the Big Ten title game and uh, is a virtual shoe-in if they win the Big Ten title game as well. So, of course, I am talking about number 3 Michigan and number 2 Ohio State taking on each other in Columbus at the Horseshoe, 11 a.m., Central kick on Fox Saturday morning. It's going to be a tremendous atmosphere in Columbus for the Buckeyes. Um, They come in as favorites in this game, 7.5, and and the over-under is 56. Both teams sit 11-0 and are, like I said, the winner pretty much takes all the cake. Um, And... A big reason why Ohio State's favored by 7.5 is Blake Corum, the Heisman candidate running back for Michigan, is just not healthy right now. And also we have to keep it on his backup, Donovan Edwards, health too. If Michigan can't get either of them to play especially, they're just going to be overmatched by Ohio State's offense. Um, Blake Corum is just a stud running back. He That's why he's a Heisman candidate. He's just that good. And he's allowed he he's allowed JJ McCarthy not to have to carry the offensive load for um for Michigan. And Corm has done most of his damage behind arguably the best offensive line in America for Michigan. They won the award for it last year and they're arguably better this year. So um that that would be a huge blow if Blake Corm and or Donovan Edwards did not play in this game. Um, they just need that offense balance because on the other side for Ohio State, we know about C.J. Stroud, the Heisman favorite at this point, other than Caleb Williams and those wide receivers led by Marvin Harrison Jr. They just have defeated every challenge that has come their way this season. Um, they have over overmatched and over-talented almost every team that they played. And I believe it's the same versus Michigan, Ohio state has better wide receivers and they have the better quarterback and they're more battle tested too. Um, Ohio state has had close calls, especially Notre Dame. Um, The first game of the season in week one, and they were down at halftime, but they came back and won and Michigan, they had that real soft cupcake schedule where they played like Hawaii, um, Akron, Colorado, Colorado state, just like, these really terrible football teams and just made their strength, their schedule just crap at the start of the season. But Ohio state has been battle tested way more than Michigan. They've also won, even though they lost at Michigan last year, they have won nine straight at home versus Michigan in the series. So honestly, to be honest with you, last year was kind of Michigan's flash in the pan where they, Everything just came together for them. But this season, everything points to Ohio State winning this game. They're at home, better weapons, more healthy. Um, the The Ohio State defense is much more physical this year with Jim Knowles as the coordinator. He came from Oklahoma State where when Oklahoma State last year was the best defense in the Big 12 to complement their high-powered offense. And the Ohio State defense, they have playmakers at every single level. And they they are as good as Michigan's defense this year, I, I think. And sure Michigan has a great defense, but if Wake Corm isn't healthy or and Donovan Edwards can go either, then it's a wrap um, I'm I'm picking Ohio State to win and cover the seven and a half and the Buckeye should go on to the Big Ten Championship game and handle whoever comes over from the Big Ten West to challenge them, and they should be a shoo-in for the playoff uh, as the number two seed, probably behind Georgia. So, yeah, that's that's my take on the game this year. Just it's a big game, but every everything that I've said, points to Ohio State winning, and all the circumstances do too. Okay, other Big Ten ranked game uh, involves Penn. Penn State hosting Michigan State um, at 3 p.m. on Saturday. FS1 is where it kicks off. Um, over-under is 52.5. Penn State, they are 9-2, and two, and their only two losses are, to guess who, Michigan and Ohio State. But against everybody else, especially after that Ohio State loss, they have been handling their business, handling handling their opponents by beating them by over 30 points a game on average, the past few weeks. Um, And just Michigan State, a disaster season with with, um, Mel Tucker signing that extension in the offseason beforehand. It just has not turned out great for the Spartans. Um, And they gave up over 240 rushing yards to Indiana last week, who's not a great rushing team. And Penn State, what do they do well? Well, they just happen to have Nick, Nick Singleton, a stud freshman running back. And uh, a very balanced offense attack with Sean Clifford at quarterback. Um, yeah, Penn State will absolutely throttle Michigan State. I'm taking that one to the bank, and the Nittany Lions are going to cover the 18 points. I, I just don't. What Michigan State? They're bowl eligible, but all right. What what motivation do they have to even make a bowl at this point with the way that they played throughout this season? And Penn State. They could still make a New Year Six game, so James Franklin is going to motivate motivate his guys to, to play for that. So I'm going to go with Penn State in the rather big and easy win this week covering the spread. Okay, now we are down to the Big 12. Um, I'll, So first game I'll talk about, Iowa State at number four, TCU. So TCU got another nice road win over Spare last week handled the end-of-the-game situation perfectly. They had little to no time, and they rushed their field goal unit on the field, and the field goal kicker just the kicker just nailed the winning field goal versus the Baylor Bears. And that kept TCU undefeated. They moved they moved to 11-0. They are 10-point favorites versus the Cyclones in Fort Worth on Saturday at 3 p.m. on Fox. The overrunners set at 47.5. Iowa State, most of their losses, like six of their seven losses, have been in one score games. So their record is a tad deceiving, but they still have one of the worst records in the conference. Um, and TCU, frankly, just has more talent everywhere. Um, Max Duggan, quarterback, Kendra Miller at running back who did go down with an injury last week, last week, excuse me, versus Baylor. And, um, the, one of the receivers who is projected to be a top 10 pick by some people. He, um, uh, also dealing with an injury. Um, and also TCU's defense, they they can be broken down a little bit in the secondary. And I should mention Max Duggan in his career versus Iowa State. He is owned three. So the Cyclones have had his number the past three years. But I think this year is different. I think TCU is just a team of destiny this year. Um, they came out of nowhere, and they are in prime position to make the playoff if they win out. And I think they will take care of business against Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. So they went on Saturday and cover the 10 points. Okay, next game up is the Sunflower Showdown. So this game, of course, is KU Kansas versus Kansas State. Uh, it's going to be in the Little Apple Manhattan this year. And Kansas State comes in ranked number 12. And they are also 12-point favorites against the Jayhawks. This kicks off Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central on Fox over-under, set at 62.5. Wildcats, 8-3 on the season, and Jay aleks are 6-5. Kansas, they had it going for them for the first five weeks of the season. Lance Leipold was the prime candidate to be named Coach of the Year for the Jayhawks, um, but the wheels came off after they lost to TCU. They've, they've lost five of the past six, um, and even though Jalen Daniels is coming back for them, their starting quarterback is just too little too late. Just not not the season they were hoping for, but a season, frankly, that, that has been the best season for them in about a decade of KU football, um, because they've been averaging one or two wins a season the past decade. So getting six wins alone and having the potential to win seven or eight is quite the significant improvement. And like, and Lance Leipold could still get some coach of the year votes at this point, but in this game, um, I think Kansas State has all the advantages. They've also won thirteen straight versus Kansas um, in the series, um, and Kansas State has also is also playing for uh, a Big Twelve title game berth versus presumably TCU. Um, and I think Adrian Martinez, whoever's at quarterback for Kansas State, will get the job done versus KU's defense. Deuce Vaughn, the Kansas State running back, he puts up numbers. And I, at this point, yeah, Kansas State just has more to play for. So I'm going to go with the Wildcats to win, but I will, <laughs> despite my dad, I will go against KU. I, I will go for KU <laughs> against the Wildcats, but I, th- I do think the Kansas State will win this game. Now, another team that is playing potentially for a Big 12 title game berth um, has to take care of business on Friday, but they need some other things to happen for them to make that. Of course, I am talking about number 23, Texas, who hosts Baylor on Friday in Austin, early kickoff 11 a.m. on ESPN over at D- Darryl K. Royal. Um, the Longhorns are eight and a half point favorites in this game, the over is 56. Um, and like I said, Texas needs to beat Baylor, and they need Kansas State to lose to Kansas in order for them to make the Big 12 12 championship versus TCU. Um, And I think they will. Bijan Robinson, he ran all over Kansas last week, and I think he's going to do the same thing versus Baylor. Um, Baylor also runs the ball, but at this point, they've had a lot of back-breaking, gut-punching losses this season, and they are bowl eligible. But just how motivated are they going to be um to go down to Austin and really wake up and um compete in this game. Um Texas just has everything to play for. They they're gonna leave it all on the line. So I'm going but I think Baylor keeps it close. So Texas wins, but Texas does not cover the eight and a half point spread. Um it it could be a class of big twelve game where it's scrappy and you know, relatively low scoring, actually over under 56, it could be like a 24-20 type game. Um, but I think the Longhorns get it done in the end. Okay, now we have some good games also to get to. Um, first up, you got huh, Notre Dame at USC. And <laughs> not a lot of people thought at the start of the season that this would could be a marquee game toward the end of the season, but now it is. Um, Notre Dame coming in at number 15, 8-3 on the season. USC, number 6 in the polls, according to the playoff committee. 10-1 in the season after getting that humongous win over UCLA last week um, in in the Rose Bowl. Just an emotional win. Caleb Williams was so fired up after the game. And then, of course, DTR for UCLA, for UCLA also shedding some tears, too. Anyway, for this game, USC are five-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, over under 64 64-and-a-half, and it kicks off Saturday night at 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Um, so this is two very different teams stylistically. So Notre Dame is so physical. They run the ball. They play good defense. Um, their defense is low-key ball-hawking as well to get a lot of turnovers and takeaways. And they've also won four straight versus uh, versus the Trojans, but this is definitely a different Trojans team than they played in the past few years. And their tight end Michael Mayer, who is the best tight end in the country, but no one really talks about him like they do like Brock Bowers and others. But he's a matchup nightmare for almost anybody that the Fighting Irish plays, and USC really doesn't have one guy that could just shut him down. I think he's going to get probably at least six or seven catches for 80 plus, maybe 90 plus yards in this game. And that could be the key difference. But on the other side for USC, their defense is definitely ball hawking. They have 18 total interceptions on defense this year, which is a high, high number. Caleb Williams is arguably the best quarterback in the country, the way he's been playing the past few weeks. Jordan Addison, their best receiver, is back healthy now with the team. USC's defense is vulnerable a little bit. Um, you can run on them. You can throw on them. Um, but I think USC's game plan is going to be to stack the box and make um, Drew Pine and Notre Dame's passing attack beat them from the pocket. And if they can do that and make it a quarterback duel, then USC wins. But if Notre Dame can establish the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, then they they could easily win this game. A lot of folks that I've been listening to, they're picking Notre Dame because of the stylistic matchup, and I totally get that. But I think USC has just, you know, they've been proving people wrong week after week. Um, They're just expecting, people are just expecting them to fall off, not, you know, just make that final push for the Pac-12 title game and the college football playoff. But they are in prime position to do that. And they they are extremely extremely motivated. Lincoln Riley, I, I did not expect this this quickly from from him to make USC a national power again. But he's doing it. He's making he's one of the reasons uh, the Pac-12 was relevant again for the for college football nationally, and that's frankly a good thing. Um, so with all all that being said, I'm going with USC to win, but in a close game, not covering the five and a half. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun game, but I think the Trojans keep, keep on winning. And then we have the Civil War, which is of course the annual game between number nine Oregon and the number 21 Oregon State Beavers. Uh, the Ducks come in as three point, three point road favorites, nine and two on the season, the the Beavers for Oregon State are 8-3 on the season as well. Not too shabby. Over-under set is over-under is 58 for this game, and the kickoff is at 2.30 p.m. Central on ABC. I don't know if Bill Nix is going to be 100% healthy for this game. Regardless, uh, Oregon has the best um, scoring output on the road in FBS this season. They average 46, 46 points per game on the road. That is quite, quite impressive for for any team, frankly. Um, and Oregon, if they win, they're going to be in the Pat-12 championship game. Most likely versus USC, we'll just see how USC handles Notre Dame. but Like I just said, USC should win. I pick USC to win versus Notre Dame. Um, and as for Oregon State, they can run the ball, and they, they are underrated in terms of their physicality. They could give Oregon... A run for their money, but Oregon is also a physical team. Um, Dan Lanning has had his guys ready to play virtually all season, even though they've had a couple of hiccups against Georgia and Washington. They still still have nine wins, and I I think they get the job done on the road versus the Beavers. So I will take the take the Oregon Ducks to win the Civil War over number twenty one, Oregon State. And then moving over to the Apple Cup, which is the game between Washington and Washington State, um, it's going to be played at Washington State. The Huskies, though, for Washington, are two point favorites, and this game kicks off late Saturday night, nine thirty p.m. Central on ESPN. Um, Washington State's pass defense is just bad; they just give up a lot of yards. And that just does not bode well because Michael Penix Jr. is arguably the best passer in the nation right now. The numbers kind of back that up for him. And um, Washington, like, they're one of those underrated. In the Pac-12, you talk about USC. You talk about Oregon. You talk about Utah. You talk about UCLA. But no one really talks about Washington. But they're higher ranked now than Utah and UCLA. So Washington, they can win 10 games and they can make a hype. a high-profile bowl game come bowl season. So they have they have definitely some things to play for still. No, for Washington State, they've won a lot of the recent Apple Cubs, but this Washington team is just different this year, and I'm going to pick them to win the Apple Cup. I just think Michael Pinnock Jr. and Kalen DeBoer, they've done great things with Washington this year, and they should continue to do that these next couple games that they play. And then, okay, this game, I don't... Want to spend a lot of time time on. Number 14, Utah are 29 and a half point favorites at Colorado. Uh kicks off 3 p.m. Saturday on Pac-12 Network over under 52. Utah is 8-3. and Colorado's 1-10. Colorado is looking like arguably the worst team in college football this year. Um, and Utah will get that that loss for, versus Oregon out of their mouth pretty quickly. I think Cam Rising bounces back and Utah just crushes Colorado. That's just all I'm going to say about the game. Uh, The next game is number 18, UCLA, taking on Cal. Um, This is a Friday game at 3.30 p.m. Central on Fox. Um, UCLA, of course, I mentioned they lost to USC. Um, We'll see how DTR bounces back. He's a great quarterback, DTR, but he does make some poor throws sometimes, and that definitely cost him last week versus USC, hence throwing the the interception to seal the win for USC. Um, and UCLA, their defense, their pass defense, especially struggle versus Caleb Williams and Jack Plummer for Cal. He can put up some numbers. Um, but UCLA overall they will bounce back and they will beat Cal on the road and cover the 10 points. Okay, now uh some A- some AAC games to wrap up college football. Uh, number 19, Tulane, at number 24, Cincinnati, is first up. The Bearcats for Cincinnati, they are two-point favorites. Over-under is 46.5, and it's a Friday kickoff, 11 a.m. on ABC. Both teams come in at 9-2 and two on the season. And the winner of this game actually hosts the AAC title game, presumably versus UCF. Um, I just trust Cincinnati more in this situation. I mean, they made the playoff last year. Luke Fickle's a very experienced head coach. C- Cincinnati has also won 32 straight home games, which is the second longest streak in the nation um, behind Clemson. So to- Tulane has had a great run under Michael Pratt at the quarterback position. But I just, I, I think Cincinnati, it, this is this is their game to win. So they're going to win there and they're going to host the AAC championship game, the Cincinnati Bearcats. And the team they're going to be playing most likely UCF. Um, UCF, in a, they lost stunningly last week to Navy, 17 to 14, really unexpectedly, but they're still ranked in the top 25 and number 22. And they are 19 and a half point favorites versus USF. Um, and the overrunner for this game is 68. This is a Saturday kickoff, 6 p.m. on ESPN 2. USF is 1-10. They have absolutely nothing to play for um, playing their third and fourth string quarterbacks this season. Um, if UCF wins, they are in the AAC title game with a win. They should be. They've won five straight versus the Bulls. Um, and even even though they lost to Navy, um, Gus Munzahn's team is way more talented than USF, and I, I trust them to bounce back in a big way versus USF. Okay, that is college football for the week. Um, Next up, of course, is the NFL where we'll start, of course, with the three Turkey Day games. All right, let's get things rolling with these NFL Turkey Day games. First up, Traditionally, the Lions play the first game on Thanksgiving, and this year they are hosting the Buffalo Bills. Kicks off at 11.30 a.m. Central on CBS. The over-under is set at 54. Uh, Bills come in at 7-3, and three, Lions 4-6. and six. So, funny story, so the Bills, they played in Detroit just a few days ago on Sunday against the Browns because Buffalo had six feet of snow and that whole shibako and all that nonsense, but they are very familiar with Ford Field, and um, they really didn't have to leave town. So they are back back in the Lions' home stadium. Um, and given that, I think their offense is absolutely explosive, under a dome especially, with Josh Allen. Um, we'll see how his elbow is, um, if he's 100% healthy. But you have Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, that receiver course, just elite. Um, against the Lions who, although they've improved the last three games, they still have kind of a bad defense. And I don't think Jared Goff can match Josh Allen in terms of quarterback play. Um, so, and the Lions, I know they've won three straight, but the Bills, they're still one of the most talented teams in the league, second highest scoring team in the league. They should get the job done versus the Lions. The Lions they will put up a fight, I think, but the Bills I think take care of business on Thanksgiving in the early in the early game. The Cowboys game is next up, and uh, they are hosting the Giants at 3:30 p.m. Central on Fox with the over set at 44 and a half. Cowboys are nine point favorites in this game, and both teams come in at seven and three. Um. The reason why the Cowboys are favored by so much, I think because um, well, they beat the Vikings 40 to 3 last week, so it's a little overinflated. Um, but their pass rush is just absolutely dominant. Through 10 games, they have 42 sacks, which is um the second highest total through 10 games for a team in NFL history, I believe. So quite the elite pass rush led by Micah Parsons and DeMarcus Lawrence. Um Tony Pollard last week showed you he's an elite. Um, he, he's a great runner and catcher with the football. Um, he was the leading receiver for the Cowboys, and um, he he just did it all for Dak Prescott on offense to help out Dak Prescott on offense. Um, the Cowboys' rush defense, though, is a little bit of concern. I think, um, and if the Giants choose to go with Saquon Barkley repeatedly and go after you know guys like Micah Parsons and wear them down, the Giants have a formula to win the game, but. If if it comes down to Daniel Jones really trying to you know pass their way out of pass his way out of the game and get the Giants a victory, then the Giants really have no chance because the Giants receiver core just stinks, especially compared to the Cowboys, who have CeeDee Lama a good number one receiver. Um and the Giants are also injured a little bit. So this this game both teams need it for different reasons the cowboys if they win they still have a chance down the road at getting the number 1 seed in the nfc the giants um obviously they 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 just need the win to keep pace in the nfc east too with with the the eagles and the cowboys um but with all that being said i think the cowboys they're with their dominant pass rush and and their better passing attack, I think they they will handle business versus the Giants and hand the Giants their second straight loss. So the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving primetime game is the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings, who are trying to lick their wounds after they got drubbed by the Cowboys at home 40-3. So they're right back on the field on Thursday night, 7.20 p.m. Central on NBC. Um, Vikings three-point favorites over-under 42, 42 half. Vikings 8-2 in the season, Patriots 6-4. Um, so first thing I think about this game, it's just one of those things. Kirk Cousins just melts down and does not perform well in primetime. Um, history is bound to repeat itself if you don't learn from it, and Kirk Cousins just has not learned from his primetime mistakes so i just think he's not going to do very well and the vikings even though they're 8 and 2 they have a minus 2 point differential and believe it or not i believe the lions who are like 4 and 6 4 and 7 they have a better point differential than the vikings who have a four or five game record better than them which is just crazy to think about it but uh you know the vikings they have justin jefferson is He's only on pace to break the receiving record or get near it. Um, but the Patriots, you just, with Bill Belichick, you know they're going to shut down Justin Jefferson. And frankly, without Justin Jefferson, the Vikings almost have no answer. You would think, oh, well, they have Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is not quite what he used to be a couple of years ago. Uh, he's still good, but he's not just a top-tier elite running back, I don't think, Um and yes, the Patriots have not a great offense. Like Matt Jones has regressed under Matt Patricia calling plays. I still don't understand why Matt Patricia calls plays for the Patriots. I'll, I'll never get that. But the Patriots defense, they're an elite defense as they usually are under Bill Belichick. And they're going to shut down Justin Jefferson, like I said, and they're going to make Kirk Cousins beat them the different receivers. And I just don't think Kirk Cousins can do that. So the Patriots upset the Vikings on Thanksgiving, and uh, th- they win as an underdog. Okay, now we're on to Sunday games, and some of these should go fairly quickly. Uh, Buccaneers at Browns. Buccaneers field goal favorites on the road in Cleveland. Noon kickoff. Fox. Um, the Buccaneers. They're coming off a bye. They played in Germany a couple weeks ago. They're starting to find their groove. I think they're they're going to get hot the second half of the season their stingy defense will carry them a lot. Brady, Tom Brady in the offense, they're getting their group together. The receiver core is getting healthy. um, And uh, they can do some serious damage in the second half of the season. And as for the Browns, they have one more game of Jacoby Brissett before Deshaun Watson comes back for them versus the Texans. Nick Chubb is still an elite running back. He's like fourth in the NFL in terms of rushing yards total on the season. I just think the, like i said the bucks they're finding that groove um tom brady's the divorce situation is kind of behind him so he's almost i think he's able to put 100% of his focus and energy into football and not into the divorce settlement so i'm going to go with the bucks to get the big win at home or on the road excuse me versus the cleveland browns and then broncos panthers horrible offenses both sides um the only elite group in this game is the Broncos defense and I guess you can be there's the, that's the reason they're favored but just I I frankly don't care to talk about this game much. Russell Wilson's been awful and the Panthers offense offense whether it's Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold or PJ Walker their quarterback play has just been terrible this season as well. With the Broncos elite defense and the potential to force some turnovers, I guess I'm going to go with the Broncos, but it's going to be an ugly game. And this, to- this total is like 35, 35 and a half, which is one of the lowest totals in NFL history. Just there, you, That just tells you that there's very little offense expected in this game. That means that both teams, if the under is 35, that means that both teams score under um, 18 points apiece. So Broncos win, let's say, uh, let's call it 14-10 to 10 or 17-14, something like that. Just an ugly game on both sides. Next game up, Bears and Jets. New kickoff, Fox, Bears 3-8. Um, Justin Fields, it was announced that he has a separated shoulder, so I don't know if he's going to really play in this game. The Jets are 6-4. and four. They're 5.5-point favorites. The over-under is 41.5. But Zach Wilson, he is benched now for Mike White after he did not take accountability for the crappy Jets offense versus the Patriots last week. Just not a good look at all. But his play, his the numbers show that he's been the worst quarterback in the NFL the past two seasons. And, um, and who knows what the plan is for him going forward. Maybe he's just off the team next year. I don't know. But the Jets defense... Um, They're good. They're young, but they're really good. And Robert Sala has them playing great football on that that side. So Jets win, and they cover versus the Bears, even with Mike White as their quarterback. So Falcons at Commanders is next up. So the Commanders, they have won five of their last six games. Um, Under Ron Rivera, they're playing great defense. Their pass rush is elite. Um... Brian Robinson, the running game's been doing fantastic. Taylor Heineken's been named the full-time starter now over Carson Wentz, which makes a ton of sense given their momentum right now winning five, five of the last six, and now they're 6-5 and five overall in the season. And they are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Falcons at home um, in the over 42. Just the Falcons, they under Arthur Smith, they have flashes of brilliance, but they just are, do not play consistently, and they just... They just seem like a tank one week and they may look good the next week, but they're just so inconsistent. That's hence why they're five and six. So Commanders, they, they're they just playing better and uh, they're at home. So I'm going to go with the Commanders to win. And given they're doing this all under a scandal with, with the Dan Snyder, I, I give them props. Um, next game up, Going to the AFC, we have the Bengals at the Titans noon on CBS. Um, Titans are 7-3 and three coming off that good one versus the Packers on Thursday Night Football last week, and the Bengals are 6-4. and four. Um, Jamar Chase is back for the Bengals, um, but the Bengals' task is to protect Joe Burrow against the Titans pass rush, which is very underrated, but very, very good. Um, Tennessee this season, they've They've been playing great. They've won seven of the past eight games. Um, They are gifted physically. Their physicality is emphasized by Mike Vrabel all the time. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the game. Um, The play action game with Ryan Tannehill and Traylon Burks is finally starting to work. Ryan Tannehill had one of his best throwing games of the season versus the Packers. And if it can keep that up and Derrick Henry keeps running the ball, then the Titans... They they um they just they, they have a good winning formula, especially in the regular season. Now the Bengals I think are favored because like you know, they won versus Tennessee. A lot of the Tennessee team is the same from last year. They won versus the Titans in Nashville in the playoffs. Um just I think just given the way tennessee has been playing, having won seven of the past eight, I just, I just trust that the Titans can continue to keep on winning. So, give me the Titans to win in Nashville in a very, very close game. Now, this next game is not going to be close. It's going to be the one eight and one Texans and the and the Miami Dolphins who sit seven and three, um, and are twelve point favorites in a game with the over under at forty six. The Dolphins with Tua, they are unstoppable in offense. Um, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Watt are going to have days versus the Texans' defense. The Texans actually announced that Davis Mills is now bench for Kyle Allen. They've lost five straight. Damien Pierce is their lone bright spot on offense, but he will not be able to supply enough to keep up with Tua and the rest of the Dolphins' passing attacks. So, yeah, the Dolphins will crush the Texans in Miami. Hate to say it as a Texans fan, but that's the truth. Uh Ravens at Jaguars. So the Ravens, seven and three, but even as favorites, their offense has been struggling with Lamar Jackson. They just have not even with multiple with having double digit leads in every game this season, they they have not impressed anybody really on offense. Um and the Jaguars offense has been Improving quite a bit with Trevor Lawrence. And they're mainly just featuring Travis Etienne as a do-it-all running back for him, which is not a, not really a bad thing. I mean, Travis Etienne is a very talented player, Um, but given the Ravens, they have a much better defense. They've been playing better and they, and overall they're just better than the Jaguars. So Ravens win in a close game Um, in Jacksonville. I don't think the Ravens are going to blow out the Jaguars, but they will get the win. Okay, now moving on to the late afternoon games on Sunday, first the 2 3 games on CPS. First one is the Chargers and the Cardinals. Um, Chargers 5 and 5, of course losing that. Typical Chargers in losing the Chiefs in typical Chargers fashion on Sunday night football. Um, Justin Herbert has, has has had a nice rapport with his offensive weapons like Keenan Allen Josh Palmer, a newly emerged weapon for the Chargers. Austin Eckler is a stable weapon for him. Um, But Herbert has also in the past five games thrown six touchdowns and also turned the ball over six times. So he needs to clean that up a little bit, but against the Cardinals, that shouldn't be an issue because the Cardinals defense has holes all over it. Um, And the, the Cardinals just absolutely got embarrassed by the 49ers in Mexico City on Monday night and, it's a lost season at this point for the Cardinals. I petition that we get J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins out of Arizona and onto the real team, because with Cliff Kingsbury at the helm, this franchise is going to go nowhere anytime soon. So the Chargers win, and they cover the three points quite easily, and Kyler Murray needs to make sure he's studying game film. Raiders at Seahawks is the other 305 CBS game. Um, Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Geno Smith has been playing great this year, going to get some MVP votes. Kenneth Walker has been a great rookie running back. Um, The Raiders have a lot of defensive holes. Um, Now, Josh Jacobs has been running the ball pretty well, and Devontae Adams had a huge game last week versus versus Denver, and especially catching the game-winning touchdown pass from Derek Carr in overtime. But the Seahawks, they are favored at home for good reason. I think the Raiders, they don't really have a lot to play for at this point. Um, And the Seahawks, they are contending with the 49ers for first place in the NFC West. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win and get the dub in front of the 12th man in Seattle. And then the next two games are the 325 games on Fox this week. First one up, um, a game that I would think before the season started that it would be a Marquee matchup, but not to be because the Rams are three and seven and they have they're going through arguably the worst Super Bowl hangover in NFL history. And they are taking on the eight and two Kansas City Chiefs who are 14 and a half point favorites in this game. The over under is 44, and the Chiefs are hands down right now the best team in the NFL. Um, and given they given that they've won 25 straight in November, December. Patrick Mahomes is leading the NFL in almost every passing category right now. And on the other side for the Rams, their offensive line is horrible. Cooper cups out, um, for several weeks, Matt Stafford's in concussion protocol. Who knows if he's going to play or not. Even if he does play, um, the Rams have no chance in this game. The chiefs are just clicking on all cylinders on both sides of the ball. And, uh, maybe besides their secondary, but the chiefs, they're, their offense will cook the Rams. Uh, no no problem beating the Rams. And the Saints and 49ers is the next matchup. So the Saints handled their business versus the Rams last week. Tate, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill did some nice things on offense. Um, but the 49ers, like I said before, they destroyed the Cardinals 38-10. to 10. Um, When Christian McCaffrey starts in the lineup, actually starts in the lineup, the 49ers are undefeated. They're 3-0, and they average over 30 points a game. And they're rocking the best total defense in the NFL statistically and talent-wise, even though they're injured to hell and back right now. The 49ers, they are in prime position. I think they're a top three team in the league right now, even though their record kind of doesn't say that they're not a top three team. But I think they're playing like one, and I think they are one. And they will handle their business versus the Saints. Okay, now the final two games of the week the primetime games: Sunday night football and Monday night football on the Sunday night matchup. You got the four and seven green Bay Packers who are hanging on by a thread of their playoff hopes. I think against the Philadelphia Eagles come in with the best record in the league at nine and one, and they are touched on favorites in Philadelphia over unders set at 45 and a half. Um, this game kicks off at 7 20 PM central on NBC. I will point out the Packers under Aaron Rodgers, they are three and zero all time versus versus uh, Philadelphia versus the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, unfortunately, though, Aaron Rodgers does have a broken right thumb, so I think that has been affecting his throwing motion. Apparently, he got it got injured in the London game versus the Giants. I think back in early October, so it's it's been a while since he's been fully healthy. I guess, but he still he still has made some throws here and there. The um, Packers have to run the ball with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon if they want a chance in this game. Because Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offensive attack, which which is so balanced, and their defensive talent too and their offensive weapons, it's going to be a lot for the Packers to handle. And at this point, it it's just not the Packers' time. It's not their season. So I'm going to go with the Eagles as home favorites to beat Aaron Rodgers and kind of unofficially eliminate the Packers really from playoff. Serious playoff contention, and then the Monday night football game—not a sexy matchup. It's the three and seven Steelers at the at the four six and one Indianapolis Colts, who are field goal favorites in Indy. Over unders thirty nine kicks off seven fifteen on ESPN Central Time. Um, really, what I see in this game, TJ Watt—he is a big difference maker for the Steelers on defense. Kenny Pickett it? is just a free-spirited gunslinging rookie just trying trying to establish himself in the league and for the colts jeff saturday he's been doing good coaching the past the first couple games but they they had philadelphia on the ropes last week and they just gave it away at the end um but what are the colts what are they really playing for at this point what is their long-term plan i i just don't know at this point in the season so Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Steelers in an upset at in Indy. Um, that's just my gut feeling. I think the Steelers will get it done, and TJ Watt, like I said, has been a, a humongous difference maker when he's in the lineup for the Steelers, and the numbers and the, and their record with him lineup back that up. Oh. Okay. So that is all the football for this week. Um, a couple news notes. Um, Bryce Harper, the Philly, the Philadelphia Phillies superstar. He is out for at least the first half of the 2023 MLB season with Tommy John surgery. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo left Manchester United after publicly criticizing the team in an interview. Um, Seven Michigan State players. After that tunnel brawl with Michigan, they got charged and they're off the team. And then on uh, Friday, you got the USA taken on England, England in the World Cup, and uh, USA they blew it against Wales. They led for um, eighty of ninety minutes of that game, and they allowed a stupid penalty. The defender made a stupid slide tackle attempt on Gareth Bale in the penalty box, and Hence why Wales got the tying penalty and they got a point And that really felt like a loss for the USA. Um, I still think they're going to make it to the knockout round. They should beat Iran in the third game. Um, and this England team, their favorite versus America. But the, with the way the US played against Wales, if they, don't, if they don't make stupid decisions like that penalty that they conceded, I think they can handle... England, because England has so much pressure on them. Um, They're heavily favored and they always are expected to bring home a major trophy. And they're, they're probably going to overlook Americans like, yeah, this team is young. We got kind of our dream team right now, but I'm going, I'm all in on us team beating, (laughs) beating England. I'm, I'm just, usa usa all the way beat beat those brits british are coming but we're gonna kick their ass so i'm gonna go with the usa over england in an upset two to one okay guys that is it have happy thanksgiving with your families and your friends and i will talk to you in the next episode so excited with all the football coming up pretty soon with uh uh, conference championship weekend in college football, then the second half of the NFL season, um, NBA underway, college basketball underway, um, quite, quite the time. So take care, have a great Thanksgiving, and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>